called The Barstool. So interesting show today. This is five year anniversary since I was laid off. So I could technically say five years since this business was born or the idea, the potential for this business to be born. But basically five years since I had a job, which is kind of cool. Um, but it starts out, as you'll hear in a couple minutes or a few seconds, very imperfectly. And it's very choppy throughout. It's not the standard 30 minutes. It's about an hour. I have to go back and get another beer uh, because it is celebration as well. But I hope you don't listen uh, and come away depressed <laughs> because um, I, I, I do find myself, uh, you know, within this episode um, kind of going back to themes of things that, you know, aren't motivating me or the struggles I have now that I didn't have a few years ago. And, you know, the main thing is that I just want you to have some perspective on, you know, where I'm at now. And, you know, if, if I, I know that for me, five years ago, when I looked at the potential to starting a business, I didn't think it was possible. And the reason was I was looking at other entrepreneurs and thinking they had it all figured out had it all figured out and I thought that they knew everything that they were uh, they were well educated in what they were doing that they were business people and that it was pretty much perfect and nothing they could do wrong that's what it seemed like from the outside so I want to be transparent let you know that um, this isn't perfect been five years of ups and downs of emotions especially I mean the business has gone really well but um, there are new struggles at the five year point and just something for you to listen to and I hope you enjoy it sit back relax pop a bottle let's do it John here from JohnLumer.com and John Lumer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, a special edition, five-year anniversary or something like that, uh, where you sit, I don't even know where we're going. What, what, see, I, I just messed myself up. <laughs> where, where, where we get drunk on social media, right? Where, where I pull up, we pull up to the, I don't even know. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, so we got John Robinson on the show. I'm not even gonna start over. I don't care. So five years—that's what happens. All right. So this is this has started out awesome. Um, but yeah, as I was kind of alluding to, as I completely screwed up the intro, um, five-year anniversary. Um, I it, since I got laid off. So uh, I don't know how you measure a five-year anniversary of when this business started and all that kind of stuff because I don't even know what date that was other than my website started on August 29th. That's pretty much close as I got. But I've got the celebratory Guinness out here at 10 a.m. I got a, a bowl of popcorn. I'm ready to roll. How's it going, JR? So for since you didn't introduce me, I will introduce myself. See, that's, you're just that, that's how we're going. Off. That's how we're going today. It's, it's <laughs> I, I'm going to completely just do my best to see how horrible a show we can do for the five year anniversary. So I will introduce myself, mm -hmm. uh, John Robinson. I am Mr. Loomer's go to, and I'm a go to for him whenever he is struggling. Whenever he needs a kick in the butt, and on occasion, whenever he needs an attaboy. So, I have been knowing John for many, many years because John married into the family. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been such a pleasure for me to watch. I'm going to act like you're not even on the show. Mm. Uh, watch John grow uh, as a person, as a dad. Um, as a husband to my beloved Lisa, 
And then as an entrepreneur, so today's show to me, it might be a little bit of a celebration show of you for all those things. And uh, so that's my intro for myself. So thanks for nothing, John. Oh, thanks. No, I've introduced you so many times, like whatever. But, uh, you know, and, and we've told this story before, but, um, you know, JR and I go, you know, for, for, I don't know how many months in it was now after I got laid off. Um, you know, we started having these weekly calls and that's where it all started. And I owe a lot to you, JR, for keeping me on track because I had no idea what I was doing, um, how to get through this. So um, it's been fun having you along for well, the ride. I, I like the fact that I think today's show started off perfectly. Ah. And, and what I mean by and here's what I mean by that. I think that as we reflect back on the past five years, I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle to start and they want a perfect start. This isn't the Olympics. And I don't know if you've been watching the Olympics, but uh, speaking of the Olympics, I don't know if you saw the hurdler where the person missed the first hurdle. Like all these years <laughs> of practicing and they missed the first hurdle and I'm talking they missed the jump. Yeah. Ran straight into it. <laughs> so you gotta find that. But but I think that's entrepreneurship. Yeah. I think that's entrepreneurship. I think that that first hurdle, we may not even know how to jump. Just like you did today, John, on, on the start of this pubcast. That you hit the hurdle <laughs> <laughs> almost with with your head or your eye as I'm looking at you with a black eye, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Right, right. <laughs> but 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 end of the day, I, I like the idea of just starting. And and I'll start with that. So five years ago, did you even know how to start? Because right now you said you didn't even know when the start of the anniversary start began. Was it the website? Was it when you woke up in the middle of the night? Was it when you got fired? You know, when when do you really believe you started? <laughs> and, and how easy was that start? Man, yeah, I... I have a hard time tracing it because, and um, I, you know, I plan on writing a blog post this week. That's kind of a reflection of five years. But even then, I like I, I kind of you know, after five years, you kind of start forgetting and losing some perspective on what exactly happened. But I mean, I can tell you. So five years ago, this Thursday, I believe, I was laid off, and it was the second time in two and a half years. Um, and I would, didn't say, "Oh, I'm going to go start a business." I had no idea what I was going to do. I, I could tell you the early stages of, you know, what, what happened after that was, I mean, I, I was smart enough to um, buy a domain. So I bought johnlimmer.com. Now, hindsight, was that the best idea? I don't know. I mean, I think if I knew I was starting a business, I probably should have done something that I could sell later, but you know, neither here nor there. But anyway, I bought a domain. Um, I remember I got, like, I did everything myself too. So it was awful. So I didn't, I didn't pay anyone to do any design or anything. And, uh, so I, I did my own crappy logo. Um, the, the colors were just like green, like pea green. And like, I created some basic, uh, business cards. So the whole thought in the beginning was, this is a site people go to, to learn more about me, to hire me. So, um, at that point, I definitely didn't see it as a business. I saw it as hire me as an employee, hire me as a contractor for now. I mean, whatever. But so I was like starting to go to, you know, job fairs and just crap that was awful. And I hated, and I was like applying for horrible jobs and not applying for anything. And Lisa was getting mad at me. And, um, so but then I, I started this site on August 29th um, and just started writing, having no idea what I was doing, not having a focus, not knowing if this was going to be for business. And it just slowly but surely evolved. Um, but it's been, you know, really, I don't know, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that five years later, I still don't have a job. Right. So it's like this. And keep in mind, for some perspective on like my career path, I've never had a job for five years. 
So this is the first time, uh, the, the same job for five years. So this is the first time I've ever done the same thing for five years. Now, what I like to say is, is the first time I've had no job for five years um, working for myself, but it's, it's definitely a milestone. Well, I, I like how you how you go into the start and not really knowing what it is, but I, I know that the, the big bang moment was being right-sided, because I won't call it fired. I feel like you got put on the right side. Laid sided. off. Laid off. I wasn't fired. Like, fired sounds like I did something wrong. I was laid off. All right, so I said right-sided. Yeah. Okay, so you're laid off. Mm-hmm. That, to me, was the big bang moment. But do you remember any of the the whispers because that's like a slap against the it's a slap against your head did you along the way know that you know what this job isn't for me oh oh I knew and did a, you listen to yourself well here's the funny thing I've thought that about every job and I've been spoiled so that's why I've talked about how this is you know it's kind of a milestone make it to five years I had the greatest job in the world working for the NBA, overseeing fantasy games. That job was sick, and I loved it. But even then, I started to get a little bored and antsy, and um, you know, my time came to, to leave. Um, now, granted, like all the insurance jobs before that, it's, I, I knew the first day I was working on that, I didn't want to do that forever. But um, you know, it, it's one thing that I've even experienced here running my own business and you know that there's some burnout involved and you start like oh you start looking at calendar it's been five years should i start doing something different not meaning i'm gonna work for anybody but should i start changing things should i do things differently should i change my business model should i start a new business you know it's it's almost like there's this clock in my head i've got to do something different so yeah those whispers absolutely happen i mean i knew before i got laid off that um, my time could be coming because that was like the second round of layoffs. I was a higher salaried employee who was an ex- really was an experimental position too. Um, and there's no reason I should have been kept on. I probably should have been laid off before that. And um, so I, I knew, but I also kind of I wasn't. My heart wasn't 100 percent in it either. And make that. Makes a lot of sense, but here, here's what I liked hearing, because it sounds like sometimes you you get a little wishy washy about if you're still happy or not. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that people who go into this solopreneur world, this entrepreneur world, know that you're still going to have dips, and there are still going to be a few whispers here and there, and. One thing that comes to mind for me when I think about you is on occasion you have your moments of being unhappy as an entrepreneur. So kind of tell me that. What what is what are your secrets to being unhappy when you have, like you said at the NBA, you had one of the most amazing jobs where some people would cut off their left arm to be there. Mm-hmm. And right now you have a lifestyle that people would cut off their right arm to be in. But sometimes you still have those moments of being unhappy. How, how does that show up for you when I say that? Like you, you have the secret to being unhappy as an entrepreneur. Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've I've been thinking long and hard about how, what kind of approach I'm going to take to writing this blog post and some reflection of the five years because I feel like this this is definitely a part of it, and I I think it's. It could be venturing into depression. You know, the types of things you deal with as an entrepreneur is completely different than everybody else. I mean, I work from home. I rarely, I mean, I can go if I wanted to, if I had no motivation, could not leave the house. I could not change, not shower, and that'd be fine. I choose when I start working, and that could mean doing absolutely nothing and saying, screw it. Um, So... I absolutely have my my ruts where I'm getting up too late or I'm starting work too late or I start feeling guilty that I'm not working enough, I'm not doing the right things, or I'm not getting enough exercise, or I'm you know 
neglecting something, um, not making enough money this month. So, but and it's not just that. It's like you know. So now and then you start delegating. So you, you pull yourself out of some things, and then um, you, you kind of lose some. Mo- like th- people don't talk about you know what happens when you start delegating too. So that that's how I felt valuable <laughs> when I was doing all those things, and you start delegating. And you start kind of feeling less valuable. Um, so, no, I mean, I don't want to spend the entire time talking about, you know, uh, being sad. But it absolutely happens. Um, I think part of it, too, is like reaching goals. You, you reach those goals like, okay, now what? It's kind of like Christmas. Like, looking forward to Christmas as a kid for months on end. You get there. Now what? That, that's the same kind of thing that has definitely happened to me multiple times. Um, you know, throughout this process. Well, and I think this this show is it, a five year anniversary. Uh, 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 the topic of a five year anniversary, but I think we owe it to to share what that journey is, and it is about dips. It is about goals. It is about depression, and I think there's a fine line between dips and depression. And but I always believe that it's mindset. And end of the day, you have a lot to be grateful for. And when I said the five secrets of being unhappy as a solopreneur, I mean, I feel like I can make those up right now. I think the first one is having unrealistic expectations that you think always going to be great. Mm-hmm. And when you think everything's going to be great, the moments that you're shocked when it's not – I don't think there's a moment, and uh, you'll have to tell me this. I don't think there's a moment that you ever wanted to go back to corporate America. No. Has it ever been so bad over the last five years? No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, absolutely not. Not even close. <laughs> so, so I think that's the first thing, and a secret to being unhappy is if you have unrealistic expectations and you don't get in the practice of gratitude. Because like you just said, I heard it quickly. You know that you're grateful enough not to go back to any of those dream jobs or those not-so-dreamy jobs. So uh, that's one of them. But I think another secret to being unhappy, and you alluded to it earlier, is the idea of what a goal is. is. What does progress look like? What does it feel like? What's it smell like? And I think secret to being unhappy as a solopreneur and... I think that some of them, uh, the fact of, of not being grateful enough to know when things are progressing. And when you said setting goals, it's like, all right, once we achieve that goal, how do you feel after? And you can sometimes can go into a little of a dip and it's like, okay, maybe the goal wasn't set high enough. So do you think that one of those secrets to being unhappy is not setting high enough goals? I don't think so. Um, I mean, I think your goals have to be high enough that you can actually reach them. Otherwise, I, th- I think the the flip side will happen, whereas you'll get depressed because you're not reaching your goal. So, I mean, I think what I ran into, um, I, I remember it pretty distinctly, is when I made it um, to that social media examiner top 10 list, and then the year after that, I got number one, the, it it's changed everything for my motivation for writing blog posts, which for some people it might do differently, but it's like, well, that's, that was a very early goal of mine to even be on the list. Now I got number one and now, and then it started getting to the point where I was getting traffic no matter how much I wrote. And I still, it's still to this day. So, you know, it, whereas back in the beginning, especially after the first six months or so, I, I was got on a routine where I, like I knew I had to write five, six days a week on a, on a schedule and to get noticed, to get found, to SEO, all that stuff. I, I had to write like crazy. And then it got to the point where it wasn't that necessary anymore. And so that was difficult. Um, and like, you know, pushing through to the end of the year and saying, I'm going to do this and that. And then end of the year comes and okay, so now what? I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to set different goals so, or whatever. 
So are you are you a trophy guy? Do you like to collect trophies and ribbons and things like that? I don't like ribbons. I like I like trophies though. So so, so what do you do with your trophies? Um, I used to at, in my the old office at least it took over. I put them all up on the wall, but um, mm -hmm. n not in this office because it was supposed to be used for video and stuff. But it's uh, they're in a box now. Well. It well, and the, and the reason why I bring that up, because I think part of a journey for an entrepreneur is understanding himself or herself on how they handle achievement. Because for me, am I a trophy guy? No. The moment that I achieve something, I used to have so many trophies with golf, and they mean nothing to me. I, From running to you name it, I don't even know where all my medals are for running five marathons. And because I just, I look forward. So I think that part of you know, your these last five years is, do you need a trophy case? <laughs> do you need a trophy case for your entrepreneurial successes or not? Nah. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean no. there are no trophies for that anyway. Um, but, I mean, it was just... But they kind of are. They kind of are testimonials. Testimonials from... from people who you've impacted that that you that's an email that's a text that's a, a conversation i remember when we were at you know at, at a conference and you had someone walk up to you and said you changed their life that that sounds like a trophy to me yeah and those kind of things might be good reminders because i mean especially especially these days again with the delegation it used to be that i responded to 100% of emails that came in things like that so i would get yeah. reminded on a regular basis the impact that i could make and um now that i don't see that stuff as often you know it, it changes things a little bit so it's nice to have that reminder yeah well so let's let's get let's get the let's turn the, the volume back up on this because i wanted to i want you to sound happier <laughs> on a five-year anniversary so here's the thing that I'm interested in, and I wonder if people are interested in this as well. What's the story you told yourself before you started this this whole adventure of of being your own boss? What what was the story you told yourself before you started it? Meaning what? Meaning, did you think you could do it? Did you think oh, you no. said, "Oh my God, I can't make it another day"? working for the man did you did you like for me for example i think you always knew that when i've always wanted to be an entrepreneur since i was in fourth grade and when my fourth grade teachers asked everybody in the room what they wanted to be i said i want to own a business and she said you want to be an entrepreneur i'm like i know how to spell it <laughs> but i learned how to spell it and ever since then <laughs> i'm no michael i'm not your son michael is the spelling bee champ in our family um but yeah, I didn't. I didn't know how to spell entrepreneur, but it's always been inside me, and that voice has always been there. So that's the story I told myself all these years: is that while I was all, all these big companies and responsible for leading the marketing departments for some of the biggest brands, I still had that story in my head. So, did you have a story in your head the whole time like that? Not really, and it was it's a weird conflict in my head because. On one hand, I had been spoiled. My primary two, uh, two jobs before that, um, first of all, you know, working from home for actually a few jobs, working from home for American Cancer Society, um, and you know, making making a difference there, which is pretty cool. Um, working from home for a, fa a fantasy games, fantasy sports uh, development company, uh, got laid off there working for the NBA. So I was, I was really spoiled with those positions. Um, I've always wanted to be my own boss. And so I was in this position of, but I never, I, but I also never felt like I could do it. I had no preparation for that as far as I, as far as I knew. So I had no confidence that I could pull it off. Um, so my position was, okay, I'm not going to move my family again to take a job with, you know, cross country or something. Um, none of the jobs that I see available 
appeal to me at all, at all. I mean, I, I never even had an interview. <laughs> That's how bad it was over that time. Um, mm-hmm. So I was stuck between I'm not working. I'm, I was spoiled. I don't want to take a step down. I don't want to move. And I'd love to be my own boss, but I'd, I'd have no idea how to do it. And I have no confidence being my, you know, starting a business. So that's really the position I was in. So how old are you now? 41. 41. So what would you tell the 36-year-old John Loomer who just got fired? I'm not going to say laid off. Ah. I'm going to say fired. Who, who, what would you tell, that, if you could reflect, well, you are going to reflect back, reflecting back on it, what advice would you give to the 36-year-old John Loomer? Everybody's faking it, right? Um, and that, that's not that's not being a, a cynic. That means that. <laughs> but seriously, it's when you look back at every job you've ever had. There's there's a lot of faking it going on, right? You you look at um, you know, and everybody's so public when when you become an entrepreneur, especially in what I do, and you think they've got it all figured out, and they're happy, and they've got it mastered, and they. They've been doing this forever. They're making millions of dollars and all that stuff. Um, I'm not saying that people are liars. I'm saying that everybody, what, no matter what they're doing, I think they put on a good face that they know what they're doing. Um, but the truth is that there's no reason for me to have a lack of confidence because everybody else, or most of the people who started doing this type of thing, failed a lot had no idea what they're doing, um, referred to other people like, what What should I do with this? How do I do this? How do I do that? They didn't jump into it knowing what they were doing. And that was, I think, a big obstacle for me in the early goings that I can't do this. I've never done this before. I'm not a business person. How do I do this? I don't know. So, I mean, I think that's the, the primary thing I tell myself. Yeah, well, I, I, for some reason, the F word in business <laughs> just came to mind to me. Maybe that could be the title of your, of your blog, because I think one of the things, the skills that you have that you may be undervaluing yourself on is figuring it out because you're not a great faker. And that to me is the real F word is figure it out. And you are a tinker and I've watched you overly obsessed about figuring things out and creating spreadsheets that ex- Mr. Excel, if there is such a person, wouldn't realize that people would be using to, you know, figure out how to run membership programs and and all the things that you've used them for. So I wouldn't call you a great faker, but would you describe yourself as one? Um. No. no, I mean, I think I'm I'm pretty honest with the fact that I don't know everything. So like I, you know, I I hate I hate the like I don't ever want to be referred to as a Facebook ads expert or a Facebook ads guru or anything like that. I think it's all silly stuff. Um, I'm constantly learning, and you know, we talk a lot about the fact that. Um, I'm still figuring out this business and how we should run it. So, um, I mean, look, there's a certain amount of you, you can't always be talking about how you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so there's a, at least a certain amount of faking it for everybody that you have to put on a good face. But um, I, don't know, I think we probably have a little bit more transparency here than most people. Yeah, but I would describe you as a Facebook scientist. Cause I think that you are just an experimenter and you experiment where a lot of people don't you spend money. <laughs> you spend money where most people don't have the courage to test something where they don't think they're going to get any payout back. Right. So you're a scientist to me. I, I would, I wouldn't describe scientists as fakers. I think that they, they just keep trying and they keep tinkering and they keep trying to figure out how to make things work. So if you said, hey, one, what are one of the qualities that I witnessed in you through the years is that relentless experimentation? Because how has experimentation shown up for you over the years? I mean, what's the narrative that you would have told yourself 
five years ago about experimenting. When you have no courage, when you have no confidence, when you don't have the capabilities, I mean, what, what, how does experimentation show up for you? I mean, experimentation is why this business is where it is. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, just uh, experimenting with Facebook ads allowed me to be comfortable with Facebook ads to be able to talk about it um, and, and write about it and make, make it the business. But everything with this, uh, the, the website and you know, changing the theme, changing the hosting, changing, you know, experimenting, trying different plugins and things, um, trying different approaches to writing content and frequencies of content and what I'm doing with building my email list. Um, what, you know, the membership, membership experiments we've done there, um, the various products that we do. Um, I had no confidence creating a product. I didn't make, I, I, I wish I really need to go back and look at the timeline on this, but it had to be close to a year before I sold my pro, first product because I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know the technical, you know, requirements to be able to sell a product online. And I felt like I was um, kind of underskilled in order to, to be able to do that. And I almost felt like I was breaking the law by doing it because I'm like, I don't know if I'm, I'm able, even able to do this. So, yeah, the, but the experimentation, I figured out what works, what doesn't, learn from things. And, um, you know, I, it's formed where we are today as, as opposed to just being the same all the time. Yeah, well, you use the word comfortable. And in, in my experience, oh, man, I think I've probably coached, led, mentored at least 50 plus entrepreneurs under the million dollar revenue mark. And this idea of comfort to me is not why you become an entrepreneur. If you're looking to be comfortable, and I'm not saying you said that, but I'm saying that I heard you say, Hey, I didn't have the courage or confidence capability to do this, which didn't make me feel comfortable. And I'm thinking, wait a second, comfortable that does not exist in entrepreneurship if you're an experimenter, if you're a tinker, if you're an adventurer. Comfort is is not real. Or, or is it for you? Is is comfort where does where does comfort show up in, in this whole journey of the last five years? Man, I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. Um I I feel like I mean we've talked this this the the matter of being uncomfortable is a, a theme be- between you and me from a long time ago. And mm-hmm. I do think being uncomfortable is very important to growth. So doing things that make you uncomfortable and starting that first product, launching something when you're not ready, um, pub- doing public speaking. Oh my gosh, I, I, had, I had the worst fear of public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, but you know, that fear was so bad that, and I, I get, I don't even think these are available anymore, but my first podcast, I was nervous, no audience, no live audience, and probably no one really listening period, to be honest with you. And I was shaky and, but all of that stuff, you know, doing things that make you uncomfortable, you start to get more comfortable. So, or more confident. Um, so the, the podcast, I feel much more confident in now the, the webinars were something that I, I didn't feel confident doing. And now I do, um, the public speaking still, you know, not, I don't necessarily love it, but, um, I think all this other stuff I did contributes to feeling more confident doing that too. So you've got to do things that make you unco- uncomfortable, uh, things that you're scared of to grow and get better. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I, you know, I think I've told you this story before about I was golfing with a, a few buddies of mine here in San Diego and we were just, you know, we're just playing around literally. And it wasn't, we weren't gambling. We weren't really keeping score. We were you know, just, just swinging away. And we got on the tee box of this par four that had out of bounds on the left, water on the right and my buddy takes an iron takes an iron out i'm like dude what are you doing 
He says, I'm not comfortable with my driver. Hmm. It's okay. Well, when's the last time you hit it? Oh man, probably three or four months ago. I don't hit my driver. And I'm like, okay, so you're not comfortable with your driver because you have no confidence or capability in it. So how do you think you're going to get better with it? You have to have the courage to hit it and the commitment to keep hitting it until you learn it. And that story has peaked his head on a lot of conversations over the, you know, the last few months for a while with me, because I think a lot of people don't get that connection. And that's why when you said comfortable, I think when you're uncomfortable, it's a great indicator to push forward and, or at least have the patience to understand why you're uncomfortable. Well, so here's where we're at right now. I think if we have to do a cheers, which I'm going to do an empty handed cheers because I have a bottle of champagne that is in my refrigerator. Hold on. The bottle of champagne in my refrigerator, which was a gift from John Loomer digital, which truly I would say Lisa was the smart one. And she sent me a couple of bottles of champagne, which I have in the refrigerator. So tonight over dinner, I will be doing my own toast, which will be bottles that are from the John Loomer Digital. I don't know if it was from your personal stock of champagne. Probably not, but... (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I will be toasting tonight. But what are you drinking right now? I'm drinking another Guinness, man. Uh, Because there's a history within the podcast of when there's a celebration of some kind. And I haven't done it much lately, that poor celebratory Guinness. So that's what we got. Nice. So cheers. Cheers to you, man. Cheers. All right. All right. So so back to uncomfortable. And and I'll close that one out because I I really enjoy when you're uncomfortable, John. I like having every podcast that I've ever been on with you. I purposely never tell you what we're going to talk about. And a lot of the times, and you know me as the mad mind mapper, I'll have a blank sheet of paper. Oh, that's ridiculous. And I'll just yeah. listen. Yeah. I have a blank sheet of paper and then I'll just listen for words and I'll write a word down and it it connects to another word. And then that's, I feel like we're, and I know you, you are a a rapper at heart. Oh yeah. yeah. If you weren't doing, if if you weren't doing this, maybe that's the question I never had. If you weren't doing this, would you be a rapper or a DJ? Oh my God. Probably a DJ. That's where my skills are. I used to make all kinds of mixtapes and yeah, dude, I, that would be, be a DJ. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, I, I still enjoy making you uncomfortable and not telling you what we're going to talk about and you having the freestyle it. Actually, that's what I thought you'd say a rap because this is freestyling. Well, uh, well it's, here, it's, as I pop another piece of popcorn in my mouth, here's where the battle is, though, for me. Because um, on one hand, to grow, you got to do things to make you uncomfortable. But as the business evolves, we're constantly talking about what are the things you like to do? What are the things you love to do? What are the things you hate to do and you can pass off to someone else? So I feel like what I'm moving towards, and that might be part of the problem, is more and more trying to make myself as comfortable as possible. And doesn't that limit growth? Oh, I, I think that's a direct conflict. Yeah. Even as you said that, I'm sitting there like, what is he talking about? And it's like, how, how can I be comfortable with how the business is run, but also evolve and be a better leader well, as I uh, take myself out of the business? No, it's more that, I'm pulling myself out of the things that I don't like to do, really the things that make me uncomfortable, and to focus more on the few things that I'm most comfortable doing, isn't that a problem? Yeah, but th- here's the thing, though. I think comfortable in doing, we go back to confidence and capability. You have a lot of confidence. Well, I, And I'm trying to think of what, what are you confident in 
outside of entrepreneurship. Would you say you're confident as a baseball coach? Confident, but even there, I don't. You know, I think it's kind of similar. I don't feel like I know it all or anything. Um, okay. It's kind of a. I compare coaching a baseball game to jumping on stage and doing public speaking, where it's like kind of nervous about it, but I know what I'm doing. And then it's, it's a little bit of a rush when it happens. And, you know, co- coaching practice is more like, you know, doing you know, a webinar or something. There's a lot of work that goes into it and um, still don't feel like I got it completely figured out. But something you got to you know, plan. And so, I don't know, it's pretty similar to, to business, I guess. Okay. So, I, I'm going to get us back on track because I asked you... Uh, the advice that you'd give John Loomer when John Loomer's 36, you said, hey, a lot of people are out there faking it, and you just got to figure it out. Then let's, let's fast forward a couple of years. Let's go to 30, let's go pre-40 John Loomer. At 39 years old, what you're a couple of years into the business, three years into the business, what advice would you give the 39-year-old John Loomer after you just told the other John Loomer, fake it, figure it out, get uncomfortable? What, what would you tell the 39-year-old John Loomer? I don't know. I feel like I, I was in a really good place at, at about that point. Meaning that I was really kind of discovering myself and the business and reaching and accomplishing things that I didn't think were possible. So um, I, I, I guess tell myself to, and, and I, I don't know what the, the secret to this is, but uh, keep that fire and, uh, you know, keep setting high goals that are difficult to reach. Um, keep being uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I like that because I think that's another thing that we we as entrepreneurs get caught up in. It's that idea of the sparks. It's the idea of those those moments that are just hot flame, but it's not keeping that. Is it called ten? What is it called when you keep the the temperature high, but you don't have the flame? Is it, is, is it Kindle? I think it's kindling. But end of the day is how do you keep that constant hot temperature going where it doesn't have to be these big flames every once in a while of, you know, I'm on stage. Because you don't like you don't like to go on stage more than once or twice a year, right? No, I really don't. But, but, but don't you enjoy the feeling after you do it, though? I do, but it's kind of like probably running a marathon in that, um, most people would like to train to be able to run a marathon once, twice maybe, but <laughs> you're not going to run a marathon every weekend because uh, it's there's a lot right. there's a lot that goes into it. It's exhausting, and the mental exhaustion for me maybe it's something I shouldn't avoid, but um, I don't enjoy it. it. It's very distracting heading up to a public speaking gig, which is why I love the fact. This is sarcasm. You scheduled two public speaking gigs for me in the same month. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I did. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pivot a little bit because I'm gonna go five years back for me. And what advice would I give you, knowing what I know about you five years ago? What advice would I give you, knowing what I know about you three years ago? And what advice am I going to give you today, knowing those things? I, I like that I'm as, asking myself questions. You should ask me questions on occasion, but we'll switch that up for the next one. Nah. But five years, five years ago, the advice that I would give you that I didn't, um, man, I would have pushed you harder on getting into a better daily pattern. Mm. And, uh, let me say, uh, let me interrupt you. You did that. We talked about this a lot, um, and I even like experimented with some stuff, and like I changed my calendar and stuff that I was 
had blocks from all all these things I was supposed to be doing, and it was it wasn't very effective for me. Um, yeah. So I I think you did that. I really do. Okay. Three years ago, I would I would have pushed you harder, probably to be more grateful or celebratory or thankful. Not that you aren't. I just don't think it's a skill for you. I don't think it's a skill because there aren't a lot of trophies. There's not, there's not a lot of things to put on the wall, but as we reflect back and even listening to your energy of saying, yeah, I was on, that was a good year. Mm-hmm. Like I would like to compare it to the Milwaukee Brewers, but I don't even know if they've ever had a good year. Oh. So let's just say the Chicago Cubs this year, I'm really mindful of all these wins that are being racked up. And matter of fact, I am going to see the I, Cubs. I can't, three, I three can't, <laughs> I cannot wait until you get bumped from the playoffs. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I mean, so much depression coming out of Chicago. It's going to be gracing. So, so yes, I am going to see them Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. Cause they are in San Diego, but I think I would have pushed you a little bit harder to be more mindful of Kind of the celebration stuff. Well, not not to now. Not, not, well, not not to be disagreeable. That's kind of what what I like to do. But I do think that I peaked in some ways. Um, in that way, what like we're talking about in terms of appreciation, um, a couple years ago, because it's like it came. I came so far. I realized, wow, this is amazing. I didn't think I could ever do it. I think the problem came after that. I say problem, I don't know, it's like, it's, it's a good problem to have. But I feel like I'm in a very similar spot now that I was five years ago in that um, I don't know necessarily what the next step is. And, and I, I kind of lack some confidence in what that next step may be. Um, and so... I still appreciate everything now. I absolutely do. But I think two years ago, it was in my face more that hitting these landmarks and milestones that I didn't think were possible um, and they happened so fast. I was talking about it, writing about it, um, interacting with people, and and it it made me feel good. It was pretty awesome. And so that that that's in, in my mind at least. Remembering two years ago, I've. I'm I'm heading into the second beer here, so I I could be way off here. I don't know. Right. Well, so so what shows up for me as I just listen to you say that, and the advice that I would give you today, knowing what I know about the last five five years ago, three years ago, is the distinction between plateauing and peaking, because even hearing you say you peaked, you are so scratching the surface. Oh, yeah. of your. You're so scratching the surface of your genius. Well, I don't think we know we know how to get the most out of you while protecting what we've built over the last five years. And let me give you an example. I know we've toyed around. Well, I shouldn't say toyed around. The last thing that I felt was a was a plateau was how we could provide value to the advanced community. And we have a great tight-knit community in the Powerheaders Club. We've got 600 of, to me, the thought leaders in this space at the advanced level. Now, you know that I pushed you to dig deeper to offer beginners, offer intermediate people, and even offer some of the on-the-edge-of-advanced people some value. Free webinars, training, uh, maybe it's another community. I don't know yet, but... I think when I hear you say you peaked, I mm. think you mean you plateaued. No, I, and, and let me be clear. I peaked emotionally, I think, two okay. years ago. So in terms of feeling like I'm constantly accomplishing something new that was I didn't think was possible. Okay? So, yeah, maybe I peaked and then plateaued emotionally. But I realize that there's way more that... That's kind of why I feel like I'm back to square one in some ways. So I realized that there's a lot that I can do. Um, a lot of places this business can go. It's just a matter of 
you know, what are the first steps to doing that now? Yeah. Well, I, I also wonder about this with you too. Do you think that you're bored with having an idea, putting it out there and then it works? <laughs> and, and before you, before you answer, hold on, before you answer, what I'm talking about is the traveling team, the spiders. Mm-hmm. So for those, for those who don't know, John, John and I talked about a year ago about, you know, what we wanted 2016 summer to look like. And John wanted to spend more time with the boys and wanted to create a, a traveling baseball team. And that's what was in his head. Fast forward a year later, there's a traveling team. There were some games that were won. There wasn't a championship, right? There were no championships this year. Oh, we won. We won one championship game, yeah. But okay, one championship. Okay, we're we are in four championship games. Won one of them, but it really petered out the second half. We struggled because we started playing some really good teams, and we struggled the second half. Yeah. So, so I I say that kind of tongue in cheek on this idea of like. Are you bored with the idea of coming up with an idea and then you put it out there and it works? And what, what does work mean? Does work mean four championship wins or one? Yeah. No, look, there, there is absolutely something to what you're saying here because um, I missed there, – there's a part of me that misses the th- three, four years ago where I had to work my butt off to get any recognition. Um, and knowing like all the things I was trying to do to have someone notice me and to notice the business and to buy something, to opt in and all that kind of stuff. And it was a struggle. And that's, I think, what made everything. That's why I talk about peaking a couple years ago emotionally it made it all feel uh, more worthwhile. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it's not worthwhile now, but so now the, the struggle that I have is that now that that's all been built, I get traffic without trying. That doesn't mean I don't try when I write blog posts. It means that I can completely screw up and get lazy and not post for a couple weeks. And it doesn't really impact anything. And that's kind of a weird feeling. It's something I never would have done two, three years ago. Um, And so, you know, it's that matter of, so that in a way takes the excitement out of it. It makes, it does make it a little bit more boring. It's like uh, now that it's the foundation is built um, and knowing that I can go two, three, four, five, six, ten more steps, um, don't necessarily need to, but I can. Now, because mm-hmm. there's something to that hunger that, was hap- that I had during the first three years that what you had to have in order to succeed. And I probably was physically hungry <laughs> as well. In the early going, uh, because it's difficult to put money uh, put money into put food on the table, um, so, so it is it's a little struggle for me now when some of these things just happen because of everything that I built during the hungry phase. So I I like that. What some words that pop into my head: long for, desire. Need, want. When I think about as an entrepreneur, once you've got your wants or your needs met, your wants met, I wonder how desire and long for right. shows up. Yeah, the, the, because and part of, and part of, not to interrupt, but part of my battle is that I'm not. I've never been one of those people who longs for being a multimillionaire, being rich, being mm-hmm. f- being famous. And actually, that's been one of um, the reasons for my, I don't call it pivot, but I am definitely much less po- uh, uh, public than I used to be. And that was intentional because I don't enjoy that at all. I don't want, I don't like being public. So um, I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be the guy that goes on CNN or NBC News or anything like that to talk about business. Um, I have no desire for that. Um, so there's a matter of comfort in reach that level. I don't really like some of the other stuff that is higher up 
that I want to avoid. And yes, this is my my second beer, and I'm a lightweight, so I'm I'm going. Yeah. So no, so well, and and I want to make sure that we stay on this track of what you crave for, what you yearn, what you like. Because I will say, in the five years, I've watched that shift a lot. You you're absolutely right. You don't long for or crave attention. You're not trying to write a book just for writing a book's sake to say you are a New York Times bestseller. Does that does that even register for you as a as a, a, a desire? Not really, especially not in this field. Like if one day right. it, it might be enjoyable to write a a baseball type of book, but um, not about Facebook ads. Definitely not. But right. I don't know. It's it's funny to me because I can. If I were to tell myself five years ago that I was going to be doing this now, um, you know, I would, I wouldn't believe it probably. But it, it, to me, it's like that one out of a, a million almost possibility. Um, so now that I've got it, it's 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 a very difficult position to be in for me. Now, every different people can deal with it in different ways, and they might be motivated by it and want to do do more and uh build a new business and it's but again i don't want to i don't want to be famous i don't need to be rich it's a it's a little bit of a struggle well and and as i listen that because that's probably one of the things for me in all my years i had a strong desire and i craved success what I didn't understand was, was the difference between significance and success. And success to me, you you watch this, it was the the money, the boats, the yeah. homes, yeah. the all that stuff. And when one doesn't crave for that, one doesn't long for that anymore, it's like, all right, well, how am I going to make a difference? And I think maybe that's over the next 12 months, that may be the theme over the 12 months is, is how do we make a difference to where you feel that you're beyond a peak or beyond an emotional plateau to where you feel like, man, this matters. Right. Is that, does that sound like that is, is something that, that touches you? Yeah. Because ultimately, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Facebook and Facebook ads and, um, now, I do feel like I'm in dangerous territory, um, hooking myself into something that isn't going to last forever. You know, a topic. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, ten years from now, I, I, realistically, I'm not talking about Facebook ads. <clears throat> I'm probably talking about something else. So, in ten years from now, I'm not that old. Is is no matter what my my kids will say that I'll be an old grandpa with a cane. But. Um, <laughs> So ultimately, yeah, what is going to make me happy is making a difference. Um, you know, it, it could be something baseball themed. Um, I definitely see something. Yeah, you know, we've been doing things behind behind the scenes too that are baseball themed, and who knows where that's going to go. Mm-hmm. But it could be a matter of as simple as shifting to. But everybody's doing it, you know, just talking about how to start a business and being an entrepreneur and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. I, like, I don't know if that's it. Um, but it also could just be, you know, being more involved with nonprofit kind of stuff. You know, I, again, you know, being, and we've talked about it many times, with being father of a cancer survivor and, you know, all that goes into that. Um, that could be, you know, the... Not saying the next step, but um, you know, five steps ahead is is uh, being ses- successful enough where um, you know we can get more involved with a nonprofit or start a nonprofit or I don't know. Again, I feel like I'm five yeah. y- five years ago where I, I don't know. I don't know what five years from now looks like. No idea. Well, and and here and I want listeners to understand that it's healthy to not know the. The, the clear direction, but I think what's even more important is to know what you're good at. And I will say in our five years, we are good at creating communities that are disconnected and connecting them. 
Facebook marketing is the first one. I absolutely believe that we will do a backup CEO like model of meaning a entrepreneurship world where solopreneurs can go to get the support that they need to get the encouragement, to get the questions, to get the answers, you name it. So we've already know how to build communities. We just need to continue to find out where the disconnected are and connect them. Nonprofits as well. I mean, I think there's so many. So I know we'll still be in the community connection space. I just don't know what it'll be in for sure. Yeah. And as I look at the time and I look, I, I, especially since I knew I was going to have a second beer and it's going to go a little long and it is kind of a special episode and I hope it wasn't depressing, but, um, anyone who's list, listened this long, you're a pretty special person to me and I, I appreciate you. But if you have any thoughts or any suggestions about where I could go next, um, what would help you, uh, with your business, so whether it be based on the current model with Facebook ads, doing, you know, doing something that could help you or talking about starting a business or if you're a big baseball fan, um, something that you would enjoy. I mean, just whatever. Let me know. Send me an email. John at John dot com. I don't give that out very often. Um, I, I feel like I can give it out one hour into a podcast because very few, few people will hear it. So, um, yeah, definitely <laughs> know. let me know what you think. Perfect. Well, you should be out of a beer. If you're not, oh, take oh, those oh. All right. Now I'm finished. <laughs> you finished your beer? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you have any, any, any final words here, JR? Well, yeah, I do. I do. And the final word has to do with thank you. And those are two words. And, and I, I like that I've been able to observe this. Um, wow, I can get emotional. I am just like you. <laughs> um, I like, I like that, that I've gotten to observe this. I've gotten a front row seat. Sometimes in the, if it was a car, the passenger seat, sometimes the driver's seat. But I think if anyone is out there thinking that they have to do this alone, they don't. They just need to find a family member, a a friend, uh, anybody who they think would be an uncomfortable compliment to them. When I say uncomfortable compliment, John and I working together, there was definitely a conflict of interest because he married my cherished cousin, Lisa. So I'm purposely going to be hard on him. And I think that you do have to pick uncomfortable partners when you go out to this entrepreneurial adventure because it helps. So my words, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, piggybacking off of that, I'd like to thank everybody for being on this journey with me. I mean, um, again, I want to reflect and I'm going to go back and read all these prior blog posts I've written um, that are kind of in reflection of one year and two years. and Because I used to do that. I, didn't, I don't think I did it for four years. And there are a lot of people along the way that helped me tremendously. And they may not even be people I'm all that in close contact with right now. Part of that's my fault. And, um, you know, kind of being pulling away more and being less of a public person and being horrible at answering emails and everything else. But there's so many people who either helped me or that they were very encouraging because they were they were readers and uh, or they worked for us or they did something and just uh, a long list of people to be thankful for. And Jr., I think you're like the only one who stuck stuck with me <laughs> throughout this whole thing <laughs> and endured uh, this crazy ride. So I appreciate you, my man. You're welcome. All right, so that's about it. Uh, where can people find you? Oh, they can always find me at on Twitter at BackupCEO. And I always like to put my email address out there, J-O-H-N at BackupCEO.com. And on Facebook, but 
I'd rather just stick to Twitter and, and email for now. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm going to rename this show Two Beer Drunk because I, I completely I don't even know what you said at the end there. But I'm sure it was very informative. <laughs> Alright, well thanks everybody again. Um, I appreciate you. Um, you know, I hope to have you along for the next five years. If you have any questions at all, uh, anything I can do for you to help you on your journey. Send me an email, john at johnwood.com. Otherwise, until next time, do awesome things. I'm out. <laughs>